0: I'm to do big things. I've been on the ground and got big drinks. Yeah, I'm a do big things. you gon' see my name on the big screen. On the big screen? Yes.
1: I go hard,
0: go hard. If you hit and don't start, don't stop. I'm the boss, I'm the coach, and my team head straight to the top. Keep run me down, I'm too Keep throwing shade on the. Welcome back to Grown and Perfected. One platform that gives you all the secrets. From Beauty Hacks tips all my favorite product recommendations, and I'm bringing you along for the ride. Welcome to the Grown and Perfected podcast. I'm your host, Macy Victoria. Just a little backstory. Up until I was 25 years old, I felt like I was very stagnant, like I wasn't intentionally reading, I did not have a morning routine, and I was nowhere near being the best version of myself. It took the pandemic to happen for me to be trapped with my silence for three months to realize I wanted to be obsessed with my potential and strive to live a more fulfilling life. From that self-growth season came my public platform, Grown and Perfected. It's like one platform with all the juicy secrets. I wanted to share the tips, tricks, techniques that have worked for me that will hopefully work for you in your own way. Grown and Perfected is a podcast, Instagram, and YouTube channel. Hopefully you'll find it to be a platform that makes living in victory seem very fun and easy. Before we start this week's episode, let's go ahead and talk about the Grown and Perfected tip of the week. Tip of the week is I've been talking to you guys on Instagram, and so many of you are asking, what do you do And how do you help yourself of not comparing yourself to others? Okay, so I feel like I live by two mottos. And I just want to talk about that. And this is your tip of the week if you've been struggling with comparing yourself to others. Number one, the first motto and analogy is stay in your own lane. So when I say stay in your own lane, I think of an Olympian Olympian swimmer. And if he's swimming to do all the lapses and to try to win the Olympian medal, well, he's not looking to the person beside him swimming. He's not looking to the person behind him swimming. He's literally staying in his own lane, focusing on his journey, his end goal, straight ahead. So you need to stay in your own lane to stop comparing yourself to others. Be the Olympian winner. So I don't know if that means you need to unfollow people because following them makes you not stay in your own lane because you keep comparing yourself to them. I don't know if that means you need to stop hanging around people because it's not doing anything good for you because you have a struggle with like you're comparing yourself to them and every move they make hanging around them. I don't know if that means you need to create boundaries. But something I definitely do is I stay in my own lane and it really helps me not compare myself to others. The second thing is your competition is yourself. So whether you're a bartender, you're a blogger, you're on your fitness journey, you have to know that your only competition is yourself. So with bartending, don't look at the person that's already been there for a year that knows how to make all the drinks and multitask better than you. Your competition is to multitask better than you did three months ago behind the bar. If you are a blogger, don't look at a blogger that has been blogging for three years. Your competition is yourself to improve your editing skills and time management skills as a blogger more than like two weeks ago. If you're on a fitness journey, don't look at people on Instagram or look at your friends that might be losing weight faster and be toning up faster, make sure that your competition is you're working out more diligently than two weeks ago. Make sure your competition is that you're eating more healthier than three months ago. So those things really help me in my personal journey with not comparing myself to others. I tell myself I'm an Olympian swimmer, I'm staying in my own lane, and my only competition is myself. This solo episode is going to be about the hardest thing I've ever done. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the Grown and Perfected podcast, I really don't share anything about my personal life. Like, I tell you all these habits and mindset routines and hacks to improve adulthood, but I really never dive into like anything personal. But this is gonna be a little different than that because we are going to get personal talking about the hardest thing I've ever done. And obviously everyone's experience with what I've gone through is different. There's various levels, there's different symptoms, but I'm going to just speak from my experience, my journey, my thoughts, and hopefully you can have some good takeaways If it resonates with you at all of what you've been through, or if you go through it, hopefully I give you some good value. Um, So the hardest thing I have ever done is battle with depression. So I know that there are various levels of depression, and so many different levels of depression have different symptoms. I am just going to share my level of depression and my experience with it. Not saying everyone can relate or not saying this is the definition of depression. Um, I think there are two types of depression. From what I've read about this mental illness and from what doctors have told me, there's two types of depression. There's the depression where you overeat. Okay, let me clarify this. I'm talking about like rock bottom, bad depression. I'm not talking about a light depression. With the two types of depression I'm about to categorize, I'm talking about you're in a bad seasonal depression, okay? So I think there are two types. You either overeat if you're in a depression, you eat all of your emotions, or you undereat, where you literally like stop being hungry and you're disinterested in food. There's the type where you oversleep I definitely know some people just sleep and sleep and sleep when they're in a depression. And then there's other people that have insomnia, where your brain lacks the serotonin to sleep. And then I think there's two types of people with a certain season of depression where they isolate themselves and they just like aren't around people and they get depressed with their thoughts. But then there's a but then there's this group of people in depression where they go out and do drugs or drink. And they're like party animals through depression. But it's all a mask because they're in a depression. So overeating or undereating. You're oversleeping or you have insomnia. You isolate yourself or you become a huge partier to numb the pain. The type of depression I struggle with is under eat like I do not eat I totally lose my appetite when I am in a season of depression food is not appealing to me I lose my taste buds like I don't want to eat I lose so much weight and it becomes so unhealthy because you know if I already have depression that means I'm lacking chemicals in my brain and my body is already unhealthy and then it makes it more of a depressing season, because I'm not even nourishing my body with healthy food. Then, with oversleeping and insomnia, all three of my depression seasons that I've had, I've had insomnia, which sucks, because I am already in a depression, already not eating, and then all of a sudden, since I'm not getting the nutrients I eat, it makes me have insomnia, and I get more and more bad negative thoughts because I'm not sleeping. And then with the parting or isolating, I isolate myself. I literally don't touch my cell phone if I'm in a depression. I don't reach out to friends. I don't want to talk to anyone. I cancel every plan I have. So I have been in three different episode depressions where they were like, A few months that I can pinpoint from this start of the event to this event when I came out of it, I struggled with under-eating, had insomnia, and I hardcore isolated myself. That's what my depression level looked like. Those are my symptoms. That was my reaction to something seasonal that happened or that was my, yeah, that was my reaction to these life events that happened. Now, you can definitely be listening, and maybe you struggle with episode, depression episodes, but maybe you have seasonal depression where you're like, I don't have, I don't have depression like you. I just have a light depression every winter, or maybe you have a struggle with Deep depression like me, but you overeat and you oversleep and you're the partier. You know, it. It there's so many different symptoms and depression just has a common theme of where it's someone that's lacking chemicals in the brain and they really struggle with unhealthy choices. Oh my goodness, I did not even have that written down and I think that's a genius slogan right there. Depression is someone that has chemicals lacking in their brain And the overall theme is that person makes unhealthy decisions, whether you overeat or undereat, whether you oversleep or have insomnia, whether you self-harm or isolate yourself or go out and party, it's full of unhealthy decisions because you're lacking chemicals in your brain. So my three depression episodes all were within a span, I think of like eight years within eight years from when I was 18 to 25, like I had three different episodes. One was when my parents got divorced. I did not understand that transition in life. And it was really hard on me to accept their divorce. And I was 21 and I remember for four or five months, I had insomnia and I didn't eat and I isolated myself and I had negative thoughts and I was not myself and it was like I was carrying around a rock in my chest. And then there was a breakup when I was 24 and then there was a breakup when I was like 18. So for those two different breakups, I also struggled with depression. I want to share with you What has helped me though, because my platform, Grown and Perfected, is all about, yes, we still are human and, you know, we struggle with mental illness or we come from divorced homes like me or we're someone that has a couple jobs just to make ends meet, but we are perfected versions of the season we're in, of the life that we have been dealt, so I want to talk to you guys about three things that majorly has helped me in my journey now of not being in a depression for six years. I am six years. I don't know if the right word sober, like six years sober, but I have not been hospitalized for a depression or had a depression episode or had a season of depression in six years, which is a huge milestone for me And it's because certain things have helped along the way that I want to share with you. And these things I call my toolbox for depression. So whether you have ADHD or anxiety, you know, or an eating disorder, whatever your struggle might be, think of it as you need your toolbox to help you with that thing. So I have a toolbox in, I have tools in my depression toolbox. So the first tool I have is reading. I am telling you, if you Google what helps people with depression, within the first three things, it's reading helps people with depression. So in the last six years, I have became an intentional reader. And if you give me the excuse that you hate reading and you're rolling your eyes, I promise you, you are reading the wrong books Because it's like amazing once you read the right books. So, I am someone personally not into fiction. I would never read Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or like a fiction love novel. But, if you've been following me for any amount of time on my platforms, you know that I'm all about habits. And I'm about self-development and self-growth. And so I love biographies, autobiographies, and I love, like, self-growth books. Um, So those are the books that make me happy and satisfy my itch for reading. But maybe if you're not into self-growth, which I find that hard to imagine because you're listening to, like, a self-growth podcast. But if you're more into fiction or you're more into, like, comic book reading, find your niche and get those books. Books that are going to light a fire in your soul to read. Here's why I think depression helps reading. It helps stabilize your depression and helps you get out of depression. It's because reading gets you outside yourself. If you were to pinpoint what character trait depression makes us, it's selfish. We are all consumed about my life is hard. This is my negative thought thought. This is my thought about harming myself. This is my thought to, you know, ignore my friends. Like you are so self-absorbed when you are struggling with the depression. And that's just a symptom of depression. It makes you very self-absorbed. And so I think reading combats depression because it gets you outside yourself. All of a sudden, you're reading about someone else's life. You're learning about someone else's idea. You're investing into someone else's story that they wrote. I really like reading because it gets me outside myself it's not self-absorbing which is totally what depression is um another thing is this is not even a part of a depression symptom helper but a person outside of depression i just like to read now because it gives me something to talk about like i'm constantly learning i'm not being dull I'm learning new concepts, new words, new ideas, and it gives me something to talk about. And I like being able to have something new to talk about. Like, how boring is it of the person that just talks about the same thing all the time? Like, let's gossip again. Like, no, tell me something you're reading. So here's a few books that I have finished, the last three books that I have read, that were phenomenal, that I highly recommend if you need to start somewhere. Okay, so if you've been listening in the past with my podcast episodes, I talked several times about this book, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits is a white cover with gold letters, and it's such an easy read. It is not hard. It like flies by. The chapters are literally like five to 10 pages long. So you can read a chapter a day, super minimalistic. It's easy to comprehend. It has tons of analogies all about how to keep habits, how to break bad habits, how long it takes for a habit to form, the kinds of habits you want to create to be successful. I think it's like 250 pages. But I was obsessed with it. I highlighted so much. Definitely check out the book, Atomic Habits. The second book that I've recently finished is Get the F Out of the Sun, So this book is baby pink with white letters, get out of the sun, and it is your skincare Bible. It is all about why you wanna sleep on a certain type of pillowcase, It is about how to do your skincare in the morning. It's about the different serum options for your face. It's about how to manipulate your boyfriend or husband into skincare. It is such a fun girly book all about skincare which we all know I love and the book's my favorite color pink so of course I had to buy it when I saw it at the stores but Get Out of the Sun that is an amazing book amazon it it'll change your skincare routine the third book that I've also finished recently is Stronger Looks Better Naked by Khloe Kardashian so I'm a huge Kardashian fan my favorite two are Kim and Chloe. And when I found out that Chloe wrote a book, I had to buy it. Oh my goodness. It is not about the juicy gossip or behind the scenes of a Kardashian's life. It's all about how Chloe transformed her life. And she was always known as like the fat sister or the bigger sister. And it talks about her journey with food and her journey of being in the public eye but being criticized for her body. It is like four different chapters, mind, body, soul, and spirit. And with the mind chapter, it's all about how you can improve your thinking. With the soul chapter, it's all about how to have compassion. With the body chapter, it's all about how to work out. It is just like your Bible for what a healthy life looks like. It's just fun. Definitely, if you're a Kardashian fan, check out the book Stronger Looks Better Naked. But I promise you, even if you don't even like the Kardashians, it's not even about reality TV. The book is all about bettering yourself. I thought it was just a super fun read. I literally read it in two weeks. Before I move on, I just want to say that. You have to do what works for you with reading. So like, don't give me the excuse, oh, well, I homeschool my kids. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I have no time to read. Or, oh, I am a working mom. I work eight hours a day, so I have no time to read. Or, oh, like, I'm a girlfriend and I'm engaged though, and so I'm in my wedding season planning, so I have no time to read. Okay, well, here's the thing. You have time to scroll on TikTok for 10 minutes every day, Or you have time to watch 20 different people's Instagram stories. Or you have time to comment on everybody's Facebook posts. And let's say you don't even do that. Let's say, you know, instead of social media, you know, you have time to just invest in your other hobbies. Well, you need to read though, because it gets you outside yourself. It helps combat depression. And it gives you something to talk about. So, do what works for you with reading. What works for me is 10 pages a day. I always write out in my daily planner, I gotta read 10 pages. And do I read 10 pages every single day? No, because I'm not perfect, but five out of the seven days, I do read 10 pages. Certain days, most believe it's twice a week life gets in the way and i did not make reading on top of my list that day to accomplish but 10 pages a day literally is like 15 17 minutes of my time 10 pages a day on my lunch break or 10 pages a day while i drink my morning coffee or 10 pages a day before i go to bed but 10 pages a day is 70 pages a week and 70 pages a week is one book a month like mind-blowing it's crazy literally in the last five months i've read atomic habits get out of the sun and stronger looks better naked i've read three books in the last few months and i just feel more educated because of it i like feel like i'm just a winner in life because i'm actually reading which 90 percent of americans don't even read these days so I say, find your niche, write in your planner you're going to read, set your intentions of whether it's five pages a day or 10 pages a day, and figure out your reading spot and make it happen because it really helps with depression. So the second thing that has helped me besides reading not be in a depression for the last six months is having a hobby as an adult. So having a hobby is so rewarding. Having a hobby keeps me busy. It keeps me focused on something other than my mental illness struggle. And like when sad events happen, because more sad things have happened in six years, trust me, but I turn to my hobby for enjoyment and to refocus and to keep me busy and feel rewarded. So whether your hobby... You need to like intentionally create a hobby or get back to your hobby, but whether that's like volunteering to teach Sunday school at your church, or whether that's literally once a month creating a scrapbook, or whether that's starting to sew. You need a hobby as an adult. It has helped me so, so much. So my hobby as an adult is podcasting and being a YouTube channel. I was going to say host, but... Running a YouTube channel, that's my hobby, yeah. So, if you are new, um, I have a beauty YouTube channel. It's under Macy Victoria. If you Google Macy Victoria, my YouTube channel will show up, and it's all about budget-friendly, at-home, do-it-yourself beauty routines. Um, So, my podcast is all about business and mindset, and then my YouTube channel is all about, like, the outward appearance, Because being grown and perfected is taking care of yourself outwardly so you feel your best, but then it's also doing the inner work, which I discuss more on the podcast. Um, But I'm telling you, running a YouTube channel and running a podcast keeps me so busy I don't have time to struggle with depression. It keeps me focused on something when something sad happens instead of just sitting in the sadness and becoming depressed i end up like filming a youtube video or i end up you know journaling some youtube video thoughts i end up trying to reach out to have a new guest for my podcast like i take action with my hab- hobby to help me refocus to help me get busy And it's so rewarding. So I'm fighting sad feelings, but I'm feeling rewarded and I'm being kept busy. So whether you want to start a blog or you want to sew or you want to scrapbook or you want to volunteer, you need to pick a hobby as an adult because it will change your life and it majorly combats with any mental health issues you have. So number three is... Knowing my depression triggers. This is like so, it boils down to like emotional intelligence. You need to know your triggers to be able to pivot. So I'm going to give you some examples of my triggers that I have realized within the past six months that I have pivoted and changed to help me with my thoughts. So I didn't end up spiraling into a depression. So, number one is I was reading this book. I didn't name it off on the list because I didn't finish it because it was triggering to me. But it was by Sadie Robertson and it was saying goodbye to fear. Like, it was all about fear. And on every page, I read the word fear like ten times and it was what she was afraid about when she was younger. And it was her fears. And it was about how she prayed over her fears. And how her friends had fears. And I'm telling you, that book sparked up depression in me. I became so fearful of everything. Like everything made me fearful. I was fearful of marriage. I was fearful of retirement. I was fearful I'd lose my job. Like It was so weird. That book's supposed to have helped you not become fearful. But I I was realizing 60 pages in, I am more fearful because I'm reading this book about fear. So I stopped reading it. And that's when I switched to Stronger Looks Better Naked. (gasps) Completely different tone. Not about fear. It was all about how to improve your life in a healthy way. Super positive book. Um... Another way that I realized I was being triggered, this doesn't happen a lot, okay, but sometimes people are mean, and they'll send me very lengthy emails or text messages if they don't like something about me, and I have realized that if the first few sentences, if the, not even sentences, I get so strict about it, if the first few words... I can tell is, well, I don't like this, and or you did this wrong. Like, if it's a long paragraph of how someone poured out their anger and directed it towards me, I do not read that message. I look away, click on it, so it's, like, unread in my logbook of text messages or emails. Like, I want the notification to go away. But I'm telling you, within the last two years, I've probably ignored three different people's emails or text messages and they were just hateful and they were meant to be mean and it was their issue not mine but there was conflict with certain people and when people send me a long lengthy mean message I'll read the first couple words understand quickly wow this is a hateful paragraph and I'll, I'll immediately open it to make sure it's gone and then I never look at it. There's like three really probably nasty emails in my phone right now. But I I have no desire to look at it because I know it's a trigger. I don't need those mean words stuck in my head. Like it's just a boundary I had to create. So those are some examples of how I stopped reading certain text messages. I stopped reading a certain book. Pivoted to a different book. Um, yeah. So I hope that helps. You need to read, write it in your planner you're gonna read, get outside yourself, Get. it gives you something to talk about, you need to read. Number two, you need to create a hobby. I don't know what that hobby is, if that's playing pool, if that's bowling, if that's taking swimming lessons as an adult to work on that skill, you need to get a hobby. It's rewarding, it keeps you busy, it helps you focus on something. And then the third thing, is know what triggers you, whether you have ADHD, or you're bipolar, or you struggle with depression like me, know what triggers you, and then pivot. If you found any value in this episode, screenshot it, post it on your stories, and tag me, grown and perfected, on Instagram. I would love to know who's listening, and that you are encouraged. Thanks for listening to Grown and Perfected with Macy Victoria. Subscribe for new episodes every Tuesday. Available on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, before you switch to a different podcast or turn off your phone, I actually have something to ask. If you find any value or encouragement in my podcast, I would be so grateful if you told a friend about the Grown and Perfected podcast. I really am trying to grow my community of giving others access to tips and tricks to live their best life possible. And it definitely helps word of mouth tell others about the podcast. So please maybe send a friend a link of one of your favorite episodes of mine or tag me on Instagram that you listened to this episode today. I'd be very grateful if you helped me grow my community. I'm to big things. I've been on the ground and got big tricks. Yeah, I'm a do big things. You gon' see my name on the big screen. On the big screen. Yes. I go hard, go hard. If you hate and don't stop, don't stop. Don't start. I'm the boss, I'm the coach, Jen Shosh. And my team is straight to the top. I can't run me down, I'm too dust. Keep going, shade, I just...